told you that in the Rockets OKC Game 7, Lou Dort would score 30 points while James Harden would get the game-saving block. Would you believe me or would you tell me that I'm crazy? I'd probably tell you you're on something and you need to stop it. Well, it happened. So, <laughs> hey, welcome to the 3 and D podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us today. Uh, I say today, but it's tonight right now, a Friday night at 8.30 for me and Wayne. Wayne, do you know how much I love you? Just go ahead and ask me. Drew, how much do you love me? I love you so much that I am sacrificing watching game one of the Lakers and Rockets right now so that we can accomplish actually capturing an episode. <laughs> hey, it's prime time, bro, because you said your kid's asleep now, so you got to get some stuff done while he's, while he's down. It's the best time to do it. Uh, some things just call for great sacrifices. Okay. Uncle uh, Spider-Man knows. Yeah, that's right. Um, so just to fill you guys in, me and Wayne have had an interesting, like, last week and a half or two. We've actually recorded, like, four episodes, mm-hmm. and Zoom has absolutely infuriated us and made <laughs> us so mad because we recorded some great episodes, and – they did not capture on Zoom, even though we recorded it. So uh, this episode is not sponsored by Zoom, nor will it ever be. But we're hoping that it works tonight. So fingers crossed. Hey, Zoom, if you're listening, you got to fix your app, bro. Come on now. We got to be yeah. better. Yeah, I don't know if it's with the updates or, or what it is, but uh, hopefully it works tonight. So let's get mm-hmm. into it. Wayne, uh, since... Since the last time we've had an episode, there's been a lot that's happened. Uh, We really haven't even covered, I mean, even the whole first round of the playoffs. So today we're just going to accomplish a few things. We want to talk about the good things that happened in the first round. And we also want to talk about, uh, we we just want to mention briefly, um, in the first round with the Bucks and the Magic, there was a boycott that occurred with the Bucks. and Wayne, I'm going to ask you to say the, the guy's name before I butcher it, but the one who got shot by the police. Oh, Jacob Blake. Thank you. Jacob Blake, Jacob Blake was um, shot seven times, point blank in the back uh, by a Kenosha police officer. Um, and this, you know, when the NBA players came to the bubble, it was to accomplish ending the season the right way, but it was also an initiative for the players to bring to light some social justice issues. So uh, when this happened, it was kind of almost the tipping point for the players that decided not to play and eventually uh, came out and said, Hey, you know what? We're, we're going to go ahead and finish off the season. But Wayne, I know we had a big long discussion about this, but given the nature of everything that's happened, happened on the technology side, I just want you to kind of briefly uh, give me your, give me your thoughts and maybe give me your hope. Uh, beyond this situation, not just for basketball, but just for the for the world in general. Uh, yeah. So, I feel like that was what they did with boycotting the games was the right idea. Um, it definitely sparked some talks. It sparked some action. They even called like the governor of was it Washington something. They called the governor of Wisconsin, whoever I don't know, um, and you know started actually making those cha- or trying to make those changes and trying to get connected with the right people. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, they decided to resume playing basketball, which is fine. Um, but it's about that time, you know, it's about time that when things like this happen, 
we have to try and make sure that we put in place the right, uh, I guess, systems or change things around to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen again. So I think with the NBA helping and as big as the NBA's platform is, like it goes worldwide, like it's ridiculous. So I think what the NBA did by boycotting the games and stuff like that really sparked some interest and really got people to think about what's actually happened happening even though there are people out there who are like you know i'm not watching the nba because they're doing all this stuff and xyz the nba's ratings were still skyrocketing so with that being said like them using their platform them using uh just just using themselves using their brains and actually thinking about a tactical way to go about this instead of reacting on emotion they actually sat down and thought about it and planned it and came up with the best solution for them so I got nothing but love for it. I'm going to keep watching the NBA. Um, as far as what's going on in the country, like, you know, we've, we've going through some stuff. 2020 is just throwing left and right hooks at us from everywhere. And we, I guess we're just going to have to take it on the chin and move on. So I look at this stuff as just another way for us to come together and really realize that, you know, even though everybody looks different, we're all one race, you know, we're all a human race and we all got to look after each other. So that's my hope and my wish for 2020 is that we would come together and develop some more compassion and empathy for our fellow man and get, you know, get to that American dream level, you know, cause I don't think we've, I don't think we're, we're there yet because we got so much stuff to get through and get rid of. So I really want us to come together and get to that part where people can look at America and say, not only is America, you know, land of dreams and opportunity and stuff like that, but there's people in that country or like everybody in that country will help you accomplish those things and, and, you know, come together and just help people instead of tearing them down, no matter what your race is, political view is, whatever, it doesn't matter religion, like we're all humans. So it doesn't matter what you believe in as far as religion or politics, or even what you like for breakfast, like it doesn't matter. Like just treat each other with kindness and see how far this country will go. So that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it there. Black Mamba out, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah, hopefully not, I'm not Kobe. I'm not Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe, I love you. R.I.P. Kobe. No, that was well said, though. Um, I think, and I've told you this multiple times because we've done this conversation literally two times full length. Uh, yeah. But I think, I've told you, I think the best thing that has come out of this year in terms of the social justice and the race and the police brutality issue going on um, to me, it's just the conversation of race, even if it's uncomfortable or even if it's maybe it, uh, maybe it's uncomfortable for people. Just the fact that we're willing to start having a conversation about these things to me is at least a step in the right direction, because if we're not willing to sit down and have civil discussions about things and we're more interested in pointing out why people are wrong or why they shouldn't feel the way they feel, uh, to me, that's a step backwards. And so I think the, the willingness to have the conversation is the best thing uh, that could be happening right, th right now. And my, my biggest hope and something that I'm trying to practice personally is just to, uh, you know, to not, to have, uh, like I said earlier, to not have a conversation and immediately want to point out the flaw in what that person said or discredit how they're feeling because it doesn't align with how I feel or it doesn't align with uh, experiences that I've had before. 
So I think we could learn a lot when it comes to empathy in this world. And, um, you know, I, I thought the NBA did a great job. The players did a great job at showing what they're passionate about and what they care about and the change that they want to make. And uh, on a, on, on a selfish matter, I'm glad that they continued the season, but mm-hmm. it could have completely been in their right to stop it. And honestly, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had a lot of argument uh, to that because it would have been justified just as much. Exactly. Um, so anyways, um, I, I'm glad that some, we're starting to see some change. And obviously our biggest hope is that, like you said, Wayne, just that the, we would start all seeing each other as one race uh, that we would do. Uh, I think you said the other night when we tried re- recording our podcast, just that, hey, you know, I want you, I want you to get home to your family safe at night. And, mm-hmm. and on the other side, I want you to get home to your family safe at night. So whatever we can do to make that happen, let's do it. So anyways, uh, let's, let's get on to some, some basketball here. First, I just wanted to point this out. Almost all of the awards, Wayne, have been handed out from the regular season. So I just want to list them out real quick. Giannis received the Defensive Player of the Year Award, which we were kind of going, is it going to be Giannis or Anthony Davis? Yep. Giannis ended up with it. So, uh, you know, he's that, that's a pretty elite thing to receive. Not only did he win MVP, MVP last year, but he follows it up with winning Defensive Player of the, Defensive Player of the Year. And more than likely, he's going to receive in the next coming days the MVP award. Uh, which is incredible. Only two other guys, Wayne, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you which two other guys oh, have received the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year award in the same season, like we believe Giannis is fixing to do. Uh, dang, my basketball knowledge is not as good as I'd like it to be. I'll give you but... a hint. It's it's some players from the '90s, and both these players on both of their respective teams won championships in that decade. All right. Is Michael Jordan, one of them. That's one. He's won a, uh, a defense player of the year and MVP in one year in the same season. And who's the other. Dang. Okay. MVP and defensive player of the year. Oh, think local, 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 Local. Come on now. I'm really helping you out here. Championships, local. Dang, bro. What the heck? I don't – because I'm trying to – you said local. I'm thinking Houston. I'm talking Houston right now. Bro, who? <laughs> when wait, the Ro- wait, wait, wait. Was this during whenever the uh... – because the Rockets won 94-95. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Who was the go-to guy? Do not fail me here. <laughs> you are about I'm to gonna, fail me. I'm, I'm going to be say, so I'm mad. I'm going to say a name, and I, pro- I, I, I look. It was the first thing that I thought of, and I had to make sure, and he said local, and I doubled down on it. But I'm going to say this. If you're listening and you're from Houston, look, I'm sorry. I did, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm sorry, Okay. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. If it's right, I'm still sorry because it took God, me this long. Help us all. <laughs> Is it that man, that bad man, Hakeem Olajuwon? Yes, thank okay. you, Jesus. Oh, okay. my Lord. <laughs> oh, if you would have gotten that wrong, I would have been so upset. Oh, so, like, I thought of that. I thought of it at first, and I was like, nah, that can't be it. And so I went with Michael first because I was like, obviously. 
Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be wrong. And he said, Loke, and I'm like, dang, I got to say it. Here it is. Well, there's, been, there's also been two other players in history that have not won it in the same season, but in their career they've won an MVP and a defensive player of the year. One of them was a Spurs legend. Uh, David Robinson has done that. And then hey. also Kevin Garnett did that with the Timberwolves. Oh, so, okay. Or actually, I think – I think he might have won defensive player with the Celtics and MVP with the Timberwolves. I can't remember. But anyways, I, I, I'm pretty sure – I mean, there's no argument here, right, Wayne, that Giannis is pretty much the clear-cut favorite to win the MVP. Yeah. I mean, people have been trying to argue LeBron, which, of course, you can try and argue LeBron like every year. But He's going to get some votes, but he's not going to win it. Giannis got to take this one, man. He got to. For sure. Uh, we'll, we'll find that out in, in the coming days. Uh, rookie of the year, John Morant. Hey. I think it was a 99 to one vote. So and whoever one, that one. <laughs> one person did it for Zion. Bro, whoever that one person is, you got to meet me outside, bro. Come on. I think, jo- I think John Morant wants to meet him outside too. He was, because I saw him <laughs> on Twitter, like, I want to know who it is. Like, honestly, yes. just give me the name so I can reach out to him. Yeah, got to talk. We got to have a Zoom meeting. Come on, bro. What, like, what's going on? Why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Congrats to John Morant on winning uh, the Rookie of the Year award. Nick Nurse won the Coach of the Year award. I know we talked about him a little bit. That boy Nursey. Yeah, and he won or he received the award through the TNT program, and they brought on his high school coach to basically introduce him to the award, which I thought was really cool. I don't know the name of the guy, but a, a really old dude who used to coach Nick Nurse giving him the coach of the year award. So that was really wow. special. That's cool. And then today they announced Montrez Harold won the sixth man of the award, which honestly kind of surprised me a little bit. I did not know that. Hold up. Montrez. That was only like a couple hours ago, dude. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and Lou Williams, who's won it like three times, walked in to Montrez Harold with the award, with the whole team around and they congratulated him and everything. So that was really cool to see. Oh, that's dope. I thought it was going to be Dennis uh, Schroeder. I think we talked about this. We were making our yeah, guesses. I mean, you could have given it to Schroeder just as much as you could have given it to, you know, really Lou Williams or Trez. I mean, that was real tight all the way across. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he Montrez is averaging 18 and 7 this year, coming off the bench for – I think what really eclipsed him above Schroeder is the fact that the Clippers are in the two seed and then OKC was in the what four seed. So I think just that little bump, you know, uh, gave him the edge. So congrats to him. Yep. And then lastly, Brandon Ingram, most improved player. I yeah. think it what, wasn't this your choice, Wayne. I don't remember. I think it might've been, was that your choice? I don't think so. I think I chose, uh, it was either, it was Bam or Tatum or someone. I can't oh, yeah. remember. It was, I think you did it was say weeks Bam ago. Uh, but there's not much you can argue here either. I mean, you could say between him and Bam, but this dude took a major scoring increase in going from L.A. to New Orleans. You would mm-hmm. think his confidence would dip, being that he went away from that market, playing with a great team under LeBron. But I think we really saw this year when you give him the ball and everybody else gets out the way, you really can see what this guy can do. Yeah. So congrats to all those guys. We'll find out MVP later in the year. Uh, Wayne, the first round of the NBA playoffs were pretty exciting. 
the reason we're only going to talk about a few teams is honestly, I don't want to talk about the Nets and the Raptors. I'm sorry if there's any Nets fans listening. <laughs> it was just not very exciting. Honestly, the whole Eastern Conference first round was not super entertaining. You had the Bucks and the Magic, the Nets and the Raptors. It was a sweep for the Heat versus Indiana, which I really didn't expect. I thought it was going to be a little bit more competitive there. And then you had an injured Sixers team facing uh, facing the Celtics. So the Western Conference was a bit more exciting, wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. I mean, what just by the Nuggets and the um, Jazz alone, like that was that was it for me. I'm good yes, yes, after, so after that. Let's start there. What did you think of that battle between Murray and Mitchell? I mean, both of these dudes, it, it felt like we had a 50-piece almost every game of that seven-game series. Maybe not the yeah. last game, but uh, through six games, it was like, who's going to go off tonight? Yeah, and then sometimes they both went off, and it was just like, all right, cool, just give them the ball. They're both the hot hand. It don't matter. Let them bring it down the court, saw somebody up, hit a three, drive it, don't matter. Just let them do what they do. What they do. But that series, like, I mean, when you talk about mano y mano, like me versus you, I mean, yeah, I got a team around me, but, like, I'm looking at you right now. I want the ball and I'm coming at you. Right. That series was amazing. I really Just don't seeing... think I don't think anybody had Jamal Murray on their radar for being the Heavy. guy in that series. I mean, I, I thought it was gonna be Jokic pretty much the whole time. But you know, and he was coming off like a quad injury or sore quad or something, even when they first arrived in the bubble. So I really didn't expect that out of Murray, but he showcased that. He could, he can be the number one guy if you give him the chance. And I think we talked about this the other night, Wayne, but both of these dudes are about 23 years old, give or take. Who are you going to start a franchise with if you really had to choose between those two guys? I mean, you can't make a real bad choice, but if you had to choose one, who would you go with? I'm going with Jamal Murray. That's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not that easy, but I'm just picking Jamal Murray. I mean, you can make a case for Donovan Mitchell because, I mean – they were saying like Donovan Mitchell was pretty much Dwayne Wade 2.0, which I completely agree. He looks just like Dwayne Wade in some ways. So yeah, but if I'm starting a team and I want to put pieces around, I'm going with Jamal Murray because I feel like he's um, like, even when he's struggling scoring, he still can get the ball moving, get the ball down the court and find open man and do that kind of stuff. So I'm going with Jamal Murray over Donovan Mitchell. It feels like the Nuggets run pick and roll more than any other team, especially between Murray and Jokic. It's like every time they Ooh. come down for an offensive set, you know it's going to happen. And the funny thing is, even you knowing it's going to happen, it's still really effective. And so yeah. I, I don't know how you, you stop that all the time, especially with a big like Jokic who can pick and pop too. I mean, he doesn't have to just drive to the rim. And I mean, most of the time he's not doing that. And with Jokic also being a facilitator, it's like if you if you pick and pop to him, he can also make the extra pass. He doesn't have to stop there and think if he's going to shoot it or drive in. He has other options too. But I got to agree with you as well because I, I think I heard someone say it's like Murray is like the Canadian Curry. I, I guess he was <laughs> he was born in Canada. But the, just the way he kind of weaves in and out of the lane and, and, and finds a spot beyond the three-point line is really Curry-esque. Now, I'm not saying he's Steph Curry, of course, but uh, he's de he definitely showed some flashes in this series and showed that he can score the ball at a high clip. So the Nuggets and the Jazz 
having those two guys at the age that they're at uh, have something really special to look forward to. And really the whole league, I feel like right now, there's just a plethora of really young dudes that are already stars, right? Mm -hmm. They're ready to go out there and get hungry and, and finish these games out, man. So the rest of the – like the NBA, we're in good hands for like a while. Like we all know LeBron's getting old, you know, but we're in good hands for a good amount of time. I mean, even John Morant, Zion Williamson, uh, even the guys over in the Heat, Harrow, even Rui Achimara on, on the um, the Wizards. Like I love the way he plays. He's just on a, you know, a not-so-good team right now. But even him. So the league is going to be – fine yeah. as far as talent for the next I don't even know how many years we're good we chilling yeah even four years ago the pinnacle was like Harden Curry KD LeBron all these dudes who I mean really they're still up there but mm -hmm. you're not fearful that those guys are going to drop off because you have the other ones on the come up like Tatum Brown oh Trey Young Mitchell. Luka Doncic like what the heck yeah exactly okay good segue there Wayne let's talk about uh Clippers and Dallas real quick because this was a series i'm talking yes. every a lot of people thought this was going to be a four or five game uh series but it ended up being six games with the clippers uh coming out victorious but let's talk about luka Doncic real quick just give me your assessment of this this guy because he has really since last year taken the league by storm and this year just went crazy absolutely crazy including that that game winner buzzer beater over uh who was it reggie jackson yeah reggie jackson so I, I said this before even on the the podcast or the episode that didn't get recorded or got recorded and then got lost um but when luka Doncic said that it was easier playing in the nba than it was playing overseas i knew it was over i knew he, he came over here with bad intentions and we're seeing those bad intentions right now he wants to just completely push everyone out of the way any team that's in his way, he's like, look, I'll take you one on five if, if I got to. It doesn't matter because all he's going to do is step back and hit a shot over every single one of y'all, and it's going to go in. Like, I'm sorry. But, yeah. I mean, he's not the greatest three-point shooter, but when he steps back, it reminds you of Harden. It reminds, like, the dude just has it in the bag. He's just dipping into his bag every game, and seeing what he pulls out is amazing. Like, I don't, I, Luka Doncic, if you're listening, bro, you got my support. You got my – I love you, bro. Keep doing what you're doing, man. But, yeah, Luka in that series was ridiculous. And, honestly, if it wasn't for, like, you know, Kawhi just sneakily having those 30-point games and then Paul George, even though he struggled in the beginning, having that one game where he kind of, like, excelled and took over, the, the Dallas Mavericks could have taken that series easily. Oh, yeah. But Kawhi just came in real sneaky, like he always does, that robotic style of play. Came in, did his thing, and that's pretty much why they lost. But shout out to Luca, man. Yeah, did his Luke, thing out there. Luca looked incredible. Dallas has nothing to worry about. I mean, to give, you know, a team that has title aspirations this year who everybody had going, you know, it's either going to be the Clippers or the Lakers, to push them to six games really says a lot about your team, even with a 21-year-old kid really leading the way. So uh, they got a lot to look forward to. But you mentioned Kawhi, too. Listen. He's got to be the best player in the bubble right now. I mean, and, hey, and you said going That's under the dude. radar too. Like he is, to me, the best player. He can get to any spot on the floor he wants to. And the mid-range game is not 
dead. I mean, he is he's bringing it on the defensive end and the offensive end, but he he looks great and and if he looks good and healthy, the rest of the league should be really scared right now because especially in a setting like this, you know Kawhi doesn't care if any fans are in attendance. He definitely <laughs> doesn't care if any fans are or or not. He's just going to ball out uh, the way he, he knows how to, and he's really shown it to this point. Yeah, man. That's If y'all don't know, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is my favorite player in the league, even though he did my Spurs kind of dirty. I love that man. I love watching him play. So to see him go out there and just ball out, like, and it's ridiculous watching him play and watching how simple his moves are, but they're just so effective, you know? Like, you can tell he's put a lot of time into each move and he knows what he's doing. And so even when it looks crazy and like he's flailing or whatever and he's putting up a random hook shot that looks bad, but then it goes in, he probably practices that. Right. So Kawhi, keep doing what you're doing, bro. That's why so, you're that's my favorite. So when I saw this uh, tweet today and it was something like Bleacher Report had posted it and there was all these highlights from the bubble and it was something like Doc Rivers has been running set, the same sets that he ran for uh, Paul Pierce during the Celtics days to get him wide open mid-range shots. He's doing that same thing for Kawhi. I was like, okay. So I watched the video. Literally there's one out of like 11 of the clips that they showed mm-hmm. where it was him actually having a wide open mid-range jumper. <laughs> All the rest were contested or like he really had to get it in there and like will it through. Mm-hmm. It was the most confusing tweet I've ever seen. I'm like, this is really bad marketing. You're yeah, like it, you would expect every shot for him to be wide open and and get a mid range shot, but it was just really confusing. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> uh, and Kawhi doing all this without really, with Paul George being a shell of himself. I mean, yeah. Paul George looked absolutely horrible and making all these weird comments post game about how, you know, he he doesn't feel like himself. And then another game, he's got. Uh, an ice pack on his shoulder during the press conference, almost to say like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to talk about this, but I want you to see, like, I'm yeah. not just playing bad for nothing. Like my shoulder hurts. I don't know what it is, but I have to say this. I think basketball reference made it official fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure I saw it that mm-hmm. one of the nicknames for Paul George on basketball reference is pandemic P. <laughs> what? Yeah, because you, you got like playoff P and all these other ones. I'm, pre- I'm pretty positive. Fact check me on this, someone, Hold on. that we got Pandemic P up in the nicknames. Hold on one second. I got it. <laughs> Pandemic P? Yep. Bro, that's tough, man. That's, that's how bad he's been playing. Uh, in- you know how bad you got to be for them to put a pandemic in your name? Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Hey, he's on a whole nother level for a really bad reason. Uh, yeah, it, depending on the day, he's either playoff P or pandemic P. But right now we got pandemic P. Hold on. Okay, I see PG-13, Young Trece. Oh, okay. Batman. Who calls him Batman? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't see pandemic P. I see playoff P. I could have swore somebody posted that today. Well, anyways, even if it's not there, it should be. I'm going to add it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to add it. Yes. I wish uh, basketball reference was like Wikipedia. You could just type in your own information and and make it official. Yeah. 
Bro, All right. Uh, yeah, so that was a great series. And, and by the way, Marcus Morris is a dog. I mean, he made some dirty plays to Luca and stuff like that. But, you know, you kind of want – no matter how much you didn't like what he did, you want a dude like that on your team. I mean, you thought it was Pat Bev too, but he really stepped up to the plate as well and showed that he can be just as chippy. And I think mm-hmm. especially for Doc Rivers, Doc wants, a guy, wants guys like that on his team. And me, you, me and you talked about it, Wayne, how – this offseason, they need to surround Luca with some really scrappy veterans. We were like, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not go after him? Yeah, him. I mean, he's on a one-year contract that the Knicks put him through, and then they traded him to the Clippers. I mean, why not give him a shot in free agency? I don't know if you could make it work between him and Luca, given all the, the history at this point. But, I mean, hey, the Duke can score, and, and if he's on your side, it's a lot better. Yeah. If he's on your team and he's going out there and taking out the best player on the other team, like, that's all I could. That's all I could ask for is you, you go handle that work so we can go over here and score. I don't mean take him out as in like take him out. I just mean you know be a pest, get right. in his grill a little bit. So especially if the if the Lakers end up playing the Clippers, that's gonna be a good thing to for them to match up him with like maybe LeBron. He's not gonna defend him amazingly, but just to be that kind of a pest, be in his face no matter what. Yeah, but think about how many guys are able to switch off onto LeBron in that series. You got Morris, Kawhi, and PG mm-hmm. all can switch off onto him. So that's going to be scary if they end up facing them. And even game. Montrez, if he's in. Yeah, Montrez, Montrez too. To... I mean, but out of those four guys, they would oh, take, yeah. you know, LeBron would take Montrez any day out of the other oh, three. For sure. So, um, okay, this is the one I really really want to talk about right now because <laughs> I want to talk about Houston OKC, good Lord, almost had a panic attack the other night. <laughs> hey, did you see the tweet, bro? They were like... There was um, a lot of tweets. Which one? It was the one... Uh, it was like, so the Rockets games don't get showed in China because of what Daryl Morey said earlier yeah. in the season. I didn't see so, that, but... And so they were like, okay, the Rockets games don't get showed in China. If the Rockets win, they play the Lakers. The Lakers have a big presence in China. And so... Then they were saying it's game seven, and they brought in Scott Foster to be the ref, who we all know is like the Rockets' killer when it comes to refs. And so I was like, yo, are they really about to go out here and plan for the Rockets to lose by putting Scott Foster in the lineup, bro? It feels so planned, right? Because it's not only James Harden and, you know, it's not just James Harden, it's Chris Paul, too. Mm-hmm. Like it, the pendulum didn't really swing to either side because both teams were at a disadvantage because both Harden and Paul have beef beef with Scott Foster. Yeah, bro. And it was <laughs> just watching Scott. Cause like, I didn't want to believe it, bro. I did not want to believe it. But then when he makes a call from the other side of the court, I'm like, how did you see that? How Scott, how, please tell me how you saw that. Do you have like some like, I don't, I don't even understand, bro. But it was funny, man. Yeah. And they won by, like, what, one point? Two, two points. points. Two one points? or two points. I can't, I can't remember. But it was certainly a game. And those last two minutes, man, I mean, I was texting you that night. You remember I was going, yeah. bro. And when I was texting you, I was literally standing up in front of my TV in the living room all by myself, <laughs> like, silently screaming because I have a child sleeping. But I was like, oh, what are you doing? What's happening right now? I was getting heated, bro. But, but this <laughs> – series was all it was cracked up to be to be to have a four five seed i mean it lived up to it and just the storyline of this to have 
Chris Paul traded for Russell Westbrook in the offseason and to have those two teams end up facing each other, it was, mm-hmm. again, all it was made out to be. But, I mean, let's just talk about those last two minutes for a second. You had uh, – I can't remember the exact score, but I know that the Rockets, I think it was like six or eight minutes in the fourth quarter, CP3 went silent. There was mm-hmm. nothing left from him. Like, he had a couple shots before them, but those last eight to six minutes, he did nothing. Uh, but OKC held on, and coming down the stretch, do you remember when the Rockets got the rebound? They were going past half court, and Eric Gordon kind of gets trapped right at half court by CP3, but CP3 flops, like, yo, right away. Yo, then, I saw that. Right, and then Eric Gordon turns it over, and at this point, Literally, my heart is outside of my body. I can see it on the floor. I'm like, this is what happens in Houston sports. This is what happens all the time. Oh, my goodness. But so mm. coming back on the other end, they, they got to set it up. CP3 moves it around. I think uh, Shea kicks it over to uh, Lou Dort, who at this point, listen, we said this at the beginning of the podcast. Who expected this dude to be an elite company like Michael Jordan and – uh, who was it? LeBron James and Michael Jordan to be the only rookies to score 30 plus in a game seven. Like, come on, man. Lou Dort out of all yeah, people. Lou's thinking Dort. But, Add that to the history books, bro. Dort. Dort, exactly. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry, man. Wayne, me and you saw this dude live and, and in person, but he wasn't doing this stuff. No, he was not. Not, not even close. He had about six threes up to this point when they swung it to him. And when you have six threes in a game seven, listen, the, the whole game, they were leaving him wide open because it was kind of a pick your poison kind of thing. If we're going to leave mm-hmm. one dude open, it's going to be him. But at that point, it was like, you got to rotate. Somebody's got to close out on him. And who closes out on this man? Tell me, just say his name. I'm going to say it. It's the beard. The be- James Harden <laughs> comes out and blocks his shot on the three-point line to save the game. I did not see that coming, bro. Not even going to lie to you. Bro, I did not know Joy could feel that good in that moment. (laughs) But it got worse because, Uh. again, there was this whole thing about, you know, uh, there was .5 seconds on the clock. Then they upped it to one second, and then they upped it to two seconds. And OKC – well, so it went back to Houston. They fouled. Robert Covington made one, missed one. They still had a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, OKC brings it back. And, dude, they said – I saw a tweet like this, but the last minute took 16 minutes to actually conclude. That's yeah. how long this game drew out. That's why I texted you. It feels like this game's going to end tomorrow. But yeah. uh, credit the Houston Rockets because they, uh, out of like all three of those – where they actually had to – OKC had to inbound. They ended up – I think Russell Westbrook got a hand on it when they passed it. And Stephen Adams, out of all people, I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, it was – I mean, I feel like it was like a last second. like Because early when they ran that play and they called timeout, and then they kind of tweaked some things and ran it again, Chris Paul was open coming down uh, towards the corner. And I thought he was going to just pass it in to Chris Paul real quick for like a little turnaround two-point shot or I don't know, whatever. But then he met, he like you know missed it on it missed on it, and I'm like okay well who else is gonna get the ball in like there's not that much time left on the clock and I see Stephen Adams <laughs> running at him like this I'm like oh please don't pass it to him and he throws it in this, and I was like yeah, okay game's over 
And you, you had a lot of people going, look, they had Steven Adams open down low. He had a wide open lane to the basket. They could have worked something out like that. But honestly, think about it. You're not going to go to Steven Adams in a game seven to take the, like the final shot. I don't care how clear his day it is. Like that's just not going to happen. So, you know, the, the Rockets pulled it out and it was a real, real exciting ending to that game. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better game seven. Same with, Hey, same with the nuggets in Utah. I mean, that went down to the wire too. Mm -hmm. I I know we didn't get to mention this uh, when we were on them, but you know, you had Murray and, and Mitchell going at it. Mitchell comes down the court, does a little spin move and turns the ball over. Yo, yes. And when the nuggets get it back, Jamal, I think, pushes it to like Torian Craig or something. And he misses a layup. So the, the Jazz still have a chance to bring it back. And so they get it all the way down. Mike Connolly takes the last shot and it spins around in there and just, just gets out. So, I mean. And you know what could, they were saying? Because uh, Rudy Gobert got that rebound when he missed the layup. Rudy Gobert got the rebound, and they were like, because uh, Donovan Mitchell was on the floor. He fell down. And so whenever he got the rebound, Donovan Mitchell didn't move. Like, he was still there. He was, like, waving it, like, hey, chunk it down the court. I'm the only one down here. Yeah. And he gave it to Mike Conley, who just had to put up a three-pointer, a running three-pointer. But that's just how it felt, man. I mean, if he would have made the shot, then we'd be talking about how the Jazz are in playing against um, – who, who are they playing? The Clippers. Clippers, yeah. So but I mean, credit to the Nuggets, though. I mean, most people don't even they're they're missing this point, but they came back from three one, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen that since Golden State and Cleveland. So uh, they did a really good job uh, in that series just to close it out and to make something of it. But both of those series, man, you got to put those in like the Hall of Fame first round <laughs> matchups of all time. Oh, I for feel sure. Like. You uh, know what that but, Rockets game felt like? Because we're talking about Scott Foster real quick. <laughs> It felt like, because I was talking about this with my friend, Gee. Shout out, Gee. He does other podcasts with me. Shout out, Entertainment Exchange. But um, I was like, bro, that direct deposit just hit Scott's bank account. And while he's reffing, he looked at his phone. He was like, oh, snap. I'm finna screw the Rockets out of another game. They done pay me big money. And I guarantee you, at the end of the game, someone on the Rockets staff, Daryl Morey probably was like, hey, Scott, how's a how's smooth $2 million sound in your bank account right now? <laughs> Slid him that money, looked at his direct deposit again. Oh, snap, I got more money. All right, Chris Paul, you out of here, bro. That's how it, that's how it felt to oh. me. Well, that direct uh, deposit, bro. I don't want to believe that because I want to believe the Rockets won it fair and square. So, uh, <laughs> shout out Scott uh, Foster. <laughs> yeah, but man, it's some, some exciting first rounds between those, uh, those three t- Clippers, Dallas, Nuggets, Utah, and Houston, OKC. It was really exciting. But let's go ahead and move on to uh, what we're currently in is the semi-conference finals. We got eight teams remaining in the East. We got the Celtics, Tor- Celtics, Toronto, Bucks, Heat, Houston Lakers, and Nuggets, and the Clippers. So let's get into that first one, Wayne. As of today, the Celtics, Celtics and Toronto series is Celtics are up two to one on Toronto only because OG Ananobi, the OG, the OG was able to get off that shot yesterday to eclipse uh, the Celtics for game three. You, you know, if the, if Toronto went down three Oh, in this series, it's kind of like, you know what, it's, you're pretty much done. There's not a lot of hope here. Not a lot of teams come back down from 3-0, but they managed to get off that game, which I felt like really give, uh, has given them at least a boost to make this uh, series competitive. But what were your thoughts on that, that game from yesterday? 
quick question. Has there there hasn't ever been a team that's come back from three zero, right? So teams have gone they've came back and made it a game seven, but they haven't won it, right? Correct. So uh I was watching and we'll get to the Bucks and Heat after this, but right after the game, I was watching the last five minutes right before we got on. And that was the stat they th- they threw up was no team has ever came back down from from three oh to win a series. Okay. Just just clarifying. Um I didn't watch much of that of that game. Yesterday, the what was it, the Raptors and Celtics. <clears throat> but if there's one thing I do know, and there's one thing I do love about watching this Celtics team versus this Raptors team, is that I feel like Kimball Walker, because I think, if I remember correctly, Kimball Walker was on like a minutes kind of restriction during those first like playing games. Yeah. And right now he's not. Like they just said, hey, go do your thing. And so Kimball Walker, I feel like is making the most out of these minutes that he's getting. And it was crazy because during those first eight or yeah eight playing games, people were like, you know, Kim Walker, he doesn't look too good or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, the man's just getting ready, bro. Like you saw what Kawhi did when he, you know, take games off for load management or whatever during the season when he was with the Raptors. And then in the playoffs, just ran it. I don't think he took a game off, didn't take it. He just ran it, played as much as he could. And so with Kimba Walker, we're seeing kind of that same thing, kind of, where he's going out there getting, you know, getting good looks, trying to get a feel for the game. And then once the playoffs hit, they were like, just run it, bro. What's so funny, think- though, is that this is not new for him, though. For I mean, for those of us, you know, that have watched him in Charlotte, I mean, he was yeah. doing this to the max. It just wasn't on a competitive level. So you love to see him in this moment. I mean, Charlotte maybe made the playoffs like once or twice while he was there, but nowhere – near the capacity of him being on the Celtics right now. So it's really mm-hmm. fun to watch him in, in this space right here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, of course, Kyle Lowry. I mean, I don't understand Kyle Lowry. He's a weird character when he's on the floor because sometimes he'll step up and he'll play great and he'll be lighting it up from three. Kyle Lowry is the classic shoot you into a game or shoot you out of a game kind of player. Yeah, straight up. And then a guy like Van Fleet. Now that guy right there. I'm not sure how he did in, in yesterday's game, but I admire Van Fleet just because this man was not talked about much at all. And then in that, uh, uh, when was it? It was when they won the championship, but he just, like, that's when he started kind of, like, getting that rep and getting that name for himself. Right. And then he just took this whole season by storm. and was like, look, my name is Fred Van Fleet. I play for the Toronto Raptors. Holla at me if you want to. How Throw come- that bag my way. How come he looks like he works at Foot Locker? Bro, he probably did before he played in the NBA. <laughs> he looks—I don't know why—he just looks like he works at Foot Locker. I call him—I call him Discount Drake because he kind of looks like Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he plays for Toronto, so I mean, I guess it works. Yeah, the yeah this this game yesterday between the Celtics and Toronto. So that last minute win, I know you didn't get to catch most uh, uh, most of it, but I I caught on like the last two minutes. I hurried and turned it on, and. Kimba Walker, you mentioned him. He made a great play uh, down the stretch right before OG got the the buzzer beater. I mean, he was just tooling with dudes. He was mm-hmm. in, in the pick and roll setting, getting getting to a spot, and he got caught up right at the top of the free throw line. I think he had like two or three dudes surrounding him, but they left Daniel Tice wide open right underneath the rim. Hey. So he just – Kimba Walker just flung it to him right where he was and uh Tice got a uh, an easy dunk to put them in the lead with 0.5 mm-hmm. seconds left. I mean this this is the point same 0.5 seconds that we had from like Houston OKC. 
But what the Celtics did, which I thought was interesting, was they brought Taco Fallout for this final possession to cover the inbound because you want somebody who's got great length. I mean, talk about great length. you got a 7'5 dude on your team covering Kyle Lowry who's inbounding. You know, OG OG is going to get all the credit for the final shot and winning the game, but we should give a lot of credit to Kyle Lowry too because – you have to be a great point guard to see the floor, especially over a seven-five dude. And he mm-hmm. literally, I mean, this was like the rainbow arc shot, not to the basket, but to a player. And he ended up finding uh, OG in, in the corner. And Jalen Brown closed out on him and, and made a good contest. But definitely it was a blown coverage that even Jalen said, you know, like we missed that. But uh, I'm glad that Toronto won because I didn't want to see this series go 3-0 towards the Celtics. I want this to be a competitive series. Yeah, and I still think it's going to be competitive. Um, yeah, Toronto, I mean, yeah, they went down 2-0 real quick, but they've shown that they're still that team, even without Kawhi Leonard. So I definitely don't want to see them, like, I didn't want to see them get swept because I felt like that would have been like, oh, my gosh, like, what the heck happened? Are the Celtics really just that good? Like, they just swept the the reigning champs? That they are easy? that good. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think the Celtics are going to win this series. But now I'm thinking, you know, it might be a little closer than what people originally thought after them going down 2-0. So. Yeah, I think this might be a seven-game series. Uh, I wouldn't have said that, obviously, if they went uh, down 3-0. But given that the nature of how they won and the momentum shift now, I think we might see this go to seven games. But I, but I am going to give it to the Celtics just because I think they have more star power and more scoring power to kind of push you over, over the edge. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about a team that is not in a good position right now, especially as of like an hour ago. Uh, I just caught the last five minutes of the Bucks Heat game, and the Bucks, Wayne, the Bucks, the best team according to the whole season, up against the Heat, are down 3-0 right now. It's not looking good. This is not looking good at all, and. Listen, I'm not going to act like I've watched every single game in detail, but just watching those last five minutes, it just seems – look, the, the Heat are like junkyard dogs. Like, they don't care who's out there. They don't care what the media is saying. They are just going to go off hustle and, and energy and dudes j- that just love to scrap, especially when you've got a, a leader, your franchise leader, and Jimmy Butler, who is a scrappy player. Not every star player – is a scrappy player, but he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I was hearing in the game, it sounded like everybody wanted Giannis, the defensive player of the year, to start guarding Jimmy uh, in the series. And in the fourth quarter, that finally happened. Uh, but he, Jimmy took over and started getting to the line. I think he was like 13 of 14 from the free throw line tonight with like 28 points. Uh, and he really has shown – I don't know what it is. This has been a weird season for Jimmy Butler too, because he's been a player who can be just fine with scoring 10 points, but he can also be a guy in the playoffs who says, I'm taking this team on my back. Let me get you a 30 piece or a 40 piece. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what's up with the bucks, but they just don't look like they're there. They certainly don't look like they have the competitive edge or the energy edge uh, compared to the heat. But I, I don't have a lot of a lot of hope for the Bucks in this, especially just like we're saying, not a lot of teams come down from 3-0. Yeah, and 
I saw like a little bit of the last um, minute or so of that game before I came up here to record. And same thing, like, I don't even think, I mean, Giannis is going to go out and get his, but in those clutch moments, I don't think Giannis is, I don't think Giannis is that go-to guy right now because of course you give Giannis a ball in a clutch moment, they're going to crowd him because they're like, okay, he's probably going to try and go in and spin dunk on somebody's head, of course. And so in those moments, it's easy to just key in on Giannis. And I saw it right before I came up here. I didn't, I didn't catch like the very end, um, but I saw Giannis, they inbounded the ball to him and he ran down the court. And I mean, there's still like maybe 40 something seconds left in the game and they're down six and he goes in, gets past one guy, spins in the paint and puts up a layup and misses it. Misses and not the like whole a, thing. I saw that too. Yeah, and not like like a like a good miss. Like it was a miss miss. Like he just threw it off the backboard, hit the front of the rim, and just just went off. And I was sitting there thinking in that moment, like the Giannis that we would like to see or that we know he's capable of would have spun in there and dunked that thing like nobody's business, even in a clutch moment, because that's the sure thing for him. For him, a layup isn't really the sure thing, especially with him moving that fast. A layup is not the sure thing. But I've seen him miss a lot of easy buckets in this series alone. So in that moment, I would have liked for him to just get the sure bucket, which we know right now for him is just putting it, just jumping up and putting it in the hoop. But he clunked it off the backboard and then the the Miami Heat got it and they just kind of like wasted some more time. So I don't know, man. They're going to have to figure something out. And they, they could, they have the power to be the first team in history to come back from 3-0 and completely win, like just run four games in a row and beat the Heat. But right now, the Heat are playing with that dog. At all. They don't look good at all. That's... And Jimmy Butler is getting some respect on his name right now. He's the... getting a lot of respect. Here's the difference, though, right? Like, between there's two star players between these two teams. One star player, he, you mentioned it, he can get his own, but he's kind of being neutralized a little bit. I mean, because they know how to stop him. And here's the thing. Giannis is not very good from the free throw line either. I mean, this guy could go six for 12. And those six that he missed matter down the stretch while mm-hmm. you got a dude in Jimmy Butler who's got a respectable shot and he's made like 99% of his free throws. To me, that's a big difference and something that is missing in Giannis's game, honestly. Yeah. Giannis is going to have to get better with that shot. I mean, he still looks really awkward shooting the ball, period, anyway, even from like three or wherever. So he's going to have to get a more consistent jumper. And I feel like once he gets that down, he can go back to being that lethal, that lethal guy on that team. Or wherever he ends up, he might leave. We don't know. Like, he might that, go somewhere else. That might be a whole separate podcast. But uh-huh. uh, Richard Jefferson, I don't know if you saw this, Wayne, but Rich, Richard Jefferson tweeted, and I, and I want you to tell me if there's any truth to this. But he basically said, he, he tweeted and he said, I'm just going to say this, but I'm pretty sure uh, – Giannis is more of a Pippin to a Jordan. Like he's not that dude. Like he's, he's more that secondary role. Is there any truth to that? Because I have some thoughts on it. Um, hmm. You know what? I, I guess there's a little bit of truth, like just slightly because Giannis I don't, we, we haven't seen Giannis play with someone who could be considered his Jordan or his Batman and he'd be Robin. 
So I don't really know what that would look like because Giannis is pretty much establishing himself as a Batman type player. And then he has a bunch of like, you know, Robins or Nightwings running around on the team with him. And so he hasn't really had that person that he can call his partner in crime pretty much. So I don't even know if, like, even if Giannis were to find that person, who would be who? Or who would, you know, defer to who, you know? So I can see I what he's know. I can see what he's saying, but I also think you get look at like Shaq and Kobe. Like when Kobe was younger, Shaq was the dude. It wasn't Kobe at that time. It was it was it was Shaq. He was dominant, but they wouldn't have won the three championships without the other person, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just a matter of like you're saying, who's actually around you to make it happen. I think Giannis can still be the Jordan, right? He doesn't have to be the Pippen, but we got to go, okay, if he's the Jordan, who would actually be the Pippen? Because there's no one really around him. I'm not even going to throw Chris Middleton, who is an all-star to say like, he's the Pippen. Like that's not your Pippen right there. Like mm-hmm. he he's your third, he's not your second. And I think they need to, I mean, I've heard Chris Paul tossed around for a trade possibly to the Bucks, but like, even in that I feel like you need someone younger. I feel like you need a bigger splash than that. Like when I think about a secondary dude, I think about like, man, imagine Giannis in the pick and roll with someone, you know, like a Jamal Murray, like a Luka Doncic. I've heard Giannis tossed around in Mavs trade talk. Like imagine Giannis with the Mavs, like, but I don't don't think he's a, I want to label him as a Pippen when he's only like, age 24 or 25 like he's got a long way to go but um yeah just and just to kind of bring it back like I don't think the Bucks have any chance to come back in the series they might win a game they might take this to five games at the most but I think they are done done in this <laughs> series and the Heat are a force to be reckoned with any team should be scared to play them imagine Giannis with someone like Trey Young I feel like it wouldn't that they still need some more pieces around, but I feel like them, especially with, I mean, they already got like Clint Capella out there too, but especially with them being able to, cause Giannis can score in a plethora of ways. Trey Young can score in a ridiculous amount of ways. A dude nutmegs just about everybody he sees. It doesn't matter. Um, but just imagine having yeah. like, Trey Young, having a weapon like Giannis to be able to, you know, I don't know. That's just something to think about. I don't say it's, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying I want it to happen, but I just thought about it. And we talk about pick and roll settings with Giannis, but like he doesn't even really do that now, right? Like you, you're not using him as the screener and the roller for the most part. And we talk about Shaq and Kobe too. Like the post up game for the most part is gone. Like that's not there. And Giannis really flourishes in transition. And so I think he's really just missing the half court part of his game like he's lethal and full court but like he's missing something in that half court setting and maybe he just needs to take a long look in the mirror this offseason and and figure out what it's got to be I'm not discounting him to be a great player I'm just saying there's there's more to him that needs to be unlocked if uh, he wants to see some championships uh, come in his career Okay, let's move on. Houston Lakers. This is going on right now. I don't even know the score. Do you know the score of this game right now? No, but I can pull I might go in panic mode if I look right now. But, uh, (laughs) okay, we got – here's what we got. 
Lakers 55, oh. Rockets 63, halftime. Hello. Okay. Oh, hold up. Whoa. All right. All right. <laughs> so my brother tweeted, and I said, I quoted his tweet and said, wow. Uh, he said Rockets in five. I don't know about that. Um, can you just give me real quickly your who's winning this series and in how many games? Um, I think what I said a while ago was – because I didn't have the Rockets coming out in the first round, but they did. So now this is a whole shakeup for me. But I'm going to say Lakers in six. And I only say that because, I, number one, I just can't go against LeBron James right now because I don't think there's anybody on that team that can – on the Rockets team that can stop LeBron James. Only LeBron James can stop LeBron James, straight up. And same thing with, I mean, Anthony Davis. Now, I have seen in the past that, first of all, the Rockets are like 2-0 and against the Lakers – before the bubble, right? I think, or total during the season, something since, like that. Since they went to small ball, they've beat them twice. Okay, so obviously it works, and I think the area that I've seen it work the most is when Anthony Davis has the ball, because I don't know what it is, but Anthony Davis gets the ball, and PJ Tucker, PJ freaking Tucker is there, like ready to accept the challenge, and so. I haven't watched any of the game because, you know, we've been recording. But if I'm, a, if I'm a betting man, I'm assuming right now that Anthony Davis, he has 10 points right now at halftime. Probably because P.J. Tucker has been kind of giving him that work a little bit. So we'll see what happens in the second half. But Yeah, and it's, Rockets, it's, prob- it's probably a team effort on, on Anthony Davis, too. I mean, the way the Rockets play defense, they have to, to have a team effort on that end. Yeah, and – it, this goes back to like the Rockets. I mean, not the Rockets. The Lakers just getting a bunch of guys who they thought were gonna produce and then kind of not doing anything. Danny Green, bro, where you at, dog? Because when they double team, you know, uh, LeBron or they double team AD, somebody's open, and more than likely it's gonna be it's gonna be Danny Green. It's gonna be I don't know. Um, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope or Kyle Kuzma or something like that. Somebody's got to step up and make some shots. And we thought that was going to be Danny Green. Like, even in the first game of the season, Danny Green was lighting it up from three. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is what the Lakers needed, man. They needed someone who can just spot up and shoot whenever somebody else was double-teamed. And then he went silent. So they're going to need those guys to step up. But the Rockets, like, I mean, people think I'm a Rockets hater. I'm not a Rockets hater. I love the Rockets. It's just... I Spurs got my heart, but the Rockets, this small ball lineup is looking not too bad. I mean, they kind of struggled against the Thunder, but right now they're looking fine. So we'll see what happens, but I still got Lakers in six. All right. Two things for this. Just number one, you know, the Lakers faced the Blazers in the first round. The Blazers won the first game and everybody was freaking out. Uh, And then they came back and beat them four times in a row. So even if the Lakers lose tonight, I don't think – I think they're a team – a championship team who's going to make really good adjustments, and you've got LeBron James on there. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't freak out from the first game. I think I'm going to side with you, though, on the fact that this is probably going to go six games, and I think it's going to go to the Lakers as well. I think we agree on that. I would just say, you know, for the Rockets, it's a math game, right? So, like, three is better than two. That's why you see them sh- shooting 40-plus threes a game. And I've mentioned this mentioned this in the past before, though, Wayne. The Rockets are okay if you do post-ups all the time. If you've got a great big down there, they're going to let you shoot a two because in their mind, a, a, two is, a two is 
less than a three. And given mm-hmm. that the amount of threes that they shoot, if they're hitting, if they're hitting, <laughs> then it's a successful thing. But I think the key to this series for the Rockets, if they want to win, I believe is just that willingness to make adjustment if the three is not following. So if you're James Harden and, and it's not working, make some drives to the basket, make offense happen rather than just waiting for some sort of three to fall in the basket. Yes, sir. All right. Lastly, Nuggets and Clippers. Uh, the Clippers took a 1-0 lead last night and they pretty much cleaned the floor with the Nuggets. And listen, the Nuggets literally just got off uh, a seven game series with the Jazz. So they're probably super tired. And I don't, Wayne, they get a, if you finish a series early, obviously you get that time off, but if you go seven games or just during the series, it's only one day off in between each game, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the real playoffs, you know, pre bubble or COVID or anything, you had the travel time and then you maybe had two or three days off possibly, but these dudes, they don't get really any rest time other than the one day in between. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy to me. Cause like, like you said, they came off a seven game series. They got to be tired. They got to be dog tired, man. And then I think I think it was Jamal Murray that was like, bro, we only get one day in between games, bro, still. But yeah. uh, that's crazy to me. I, I would at least give them two days to kind of – I mean, you're in Disney. Like, go let them chill by the pool for two days, you know. Let them have yeah. some fun. Let them do what they got to do, get ready. You only give them one day. That's – I mean, it's good for us because we don't have to wait, but it's true. bad for them. I'm going to give uh, the – I'm going to give the Clippers this series in five games. I really don't think the Nuggets stand a chance. The The series against the Jazz was exciting because they all matched up really well. I don't mm-hmm. think the Nuggets stand any chance, especially with all the defenders that the Clippers have. They're going to neutralize Murray, I, and they did last night. And uh, if, you know, I gave a key to the Rockets, I'm going to give a key for the Nuggets. If they want to make it competitive, you have to get – Jokic going he has I feel like he has to be your guy in the series because guard play you're going to get outplayed all day you're going to have Kawhi and and pandemic P might become playoff P I don't know but I really think in order for them to be dominant Jokic needs to be a facilitator and a scorer in this scorer in the series and he's been that sometimes and sometimes not so uh, I give them five games what you got for them we need to see big honey back bro we need big Honey, does right he now need he's to get, looking, does he need to gain like fifteen more pounds or something? He might have to, man. He, he might need that that quarantine fifteen. But um, yeah, I got the I got the Clippers, like you said, in five. I mean, yeah, they're tied. The only thing that you could say about the Nuggets, as far as like, um, how this series should go, is the fact that yes, they came off of a seven game series, but even in that seven game series, it was play rest a day, play rest a day. And they went seven. And so they took a little bit, but as far as consistency's sake goes, like they, they've been playing, they should be, you know, used to it by now. Right. The Clippers have been chilling. You and know, I would, been... I would, I would usually give that, like, I, that's a really good point, but I just think they're so, they don't match up well at all that I just, even with the momentum versus the rest, like I still just think the Clippers are just going to wipe the floor with them. Yeah, so I give them five games, 4-1 Clippers, and then we'll see what happens from there, man.
All right, we got a lot to look forward to, and it is time for us to close this because I got to catch the second half. Actually, I'm very superstitious, so maybe I shouldn't watch it so that the Rockets keep doing good. I'm not sure I mean, which one I got to do. So maybe if you don't watch, they'll be they'll win by 16. We'll we'll see. Right. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to uh, give us that five star rating and review if you're listening to us through iTunes, and you can also find us on Spotify. YouTube. If you're on YouTube, make sure you give us that thumbs up, uh, like, and subscribe and tell a friend, tell any of your family members, your teacher, your babysitter. God, I hope we don't have anybody young enough to be listening to this that needs a babysitter, but uh, just tell anybody, you know, we'd really appreciate the support. Uh, Wayne, any sign off words? Sign off words, you know, some wise words from Wayne Webb. We need the wisdom. We need the wisdom. Let me see. Let me reach into my bag of wisdom right here. Um, I don't know, man. This year's been kind of crazy, you know? Maybe it's time for you to sit back, relax, maybe open up a little drink with the boys or the girls, you know? No, I mean, not alcohol. You know, I'm just saying, I'm not promoting alcohol out here, but I'm just saying, you know. This episode you, you. is sponsored by Michelob Ultra. <laughs> For all your drinking needs, go to Michelob for your... I'm just kidding. Nah, <laughs> but just enjoy time with the people you love, bro. And even with all the basketball going on, if you're not even a basketball fan, put the game on. It doesn't matter. Watch something. But just chill with the people that you love and enjoy. And especially with Labor Day weekend, don't go crazy because there's still a pandemic going on. But make sure everyone takes the sanitary measures, you know, hand sanitizer, mask, all that good stuff. And then just, just enjoy the camaraderie, man. Come on now. Got a three-day weekend going on. Let's go. Hey, you heard it here first from the man himself, the one who contains so much wisdom, Mr. Wayne Webb. Appreciate you joining me for this episode of Wayne, and we will be tuning in with you guys very soon. Thanks for listening. Peace. Adios.